This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Experts say childhood depression is at an all-time high. We'll hear from a top psychologist on symptoms to look for. Mental illness isn't a child being lazy or can't snap out of it or just doesn't want to try hard enough. These are real issues. Then, are you concerned about your privacy, security, and freedom from surveillance? Lots of people are. And an investigative journalist joins us to share some eye-opening facts. I am a person that keeps track of this, and I'm continuously surprised by the new ways that we're being tracked. And I'm always waking up with the unfortunate realization that I haven't been paranoid enough. Those two stories, and much more, are coming your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stay with us. Our show gets underway right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Parents naturally want their children to be healthy, and helping your kid get over a cold and flu is one thing, but how does a parent deal with a mentally ill child? Our next guest has some revealing answers. She's Deborah Sarani, a licensed psychologist and author of Depression and Your Child, a guide for parents and caregivers. Well, let's start with the big picture. How common is childhood depression today, and is the occurrence of it increasing? Actually, we're finding that depression is on the rise. We thought there would be less cases of pediatric depression, but data is showing us that with financial stressors that families go through, the trauma and test-taking that they sometimes move through in school, we're finding cases higher now than ever before. You suffered with depression as a child, which you mentioned in your book. Tell us a little about that. I really didn't even know that I was a child struggling with depression. I just thought everybody else felt tired and weepy all the time. That was the only planet I grew up on, so I thought that that's how everybody lived through life. And as I got older, in my teenage years, it started to press more heavily on me. And at age 19, when I was in college, I attempted suicide and luckily got immediate attention. And from there, I learned that I had been living with a chronic depressive illness all my life. So it really was both a surprise and at the same time extremely comforting because it gave me hope to realize that there was much more to life than feeling the very sad, tired, hopeless feelings I lived with as a child. So there was a double-edged sword. I had to learn how to live with it, but at the same time, it gave a name to what I was living with. If I'm a parent, how can I tell if my child is depressed, or is that something that really a medical professional needs to decide? Well, you know, I think parents can really arm themselves with a great deal of knowledge. When we talk about children having moods, we expect children to kind of move through irritability or difficulty sharing if they're young kids or meeting stressful demands of school. We kind of expect there to be a fluctuation in children and how they move through their days with thoughts and feelings. But when parents see something that's more than just a day or two of feeling down or blue or irritable, that's a time that they should kind of raise their ears and eyes and all the rest of their senses 
to kind of take note on just what's going on with their child because clinical depression is a medical illness. So if you see your child struggling for at least 10 days to two weeks, then it's time to say, let's go to the doctor and let's see if we can figure out what's going on. So many times parents, if they know what to look for, can really interrupt the trajectory of depression and get their children into treatment much sooner. Deborah, in your book, you talk about the differences of the symptoms of depression between adults and children. Tell us about that. Well, as adults, we're pretty good with using our words. You know, we can describe depression in ways where we talk about exactly what's making us sad or depressed or unhappy in life. We can target certain situations that are putting a lot of stress on us. But children don't have that cognitive capacity or the fluency of language because they're still growing. So things that make depression in children different than depression in adults is the presentation of it. For instance, children who are often depressed may look sad, but even more so, parents need to be on the lookout for irritability. Kids who have depression can be cranky and whiny and angry and have no patience, in addition to feeling sad or lonely or feeling very tired. So these behavioral presentations shouldn't be dismissed as, you know, it's just a stage or a phase. Keep the timeline going. Clock the days on the calendar. If you're seeing this irritability and this constant set of sadness and fluctuating moods, difficulty sleeping, whining, clinging behavior, it's time to now take that information and head on to the pediatrician. What sort of modes of treatment are given if a child is diagnosed with depression? Well, talk therapy should always be a first course of action. You know, the thing that I often hear from many parents is, I'm not putting my child on medication. And I also say, yeah, I don't want that either. You know, much like diabetes or a cardiovascular illness, we want to address, like diabetes, we'd look at food intake and making sure the sugar intake is good. With depression, we would want to engage in certain kinds of talk therapy skills, teaching children how to not be negative, infuse them with a sense of hopefulness instead of a feeling of, I can't do anything right. So talk therapy are the skills that will help build a more positive way of thinking. And there's lots of different treatment plans. Play therapy for little ones, behavioral therapy for older ones, insight-oriented therapy for teenagers. They really love, you know, the talk therapy that gets them thinking. So there's lots of different ways to treat depression in children with talk therapy. And if those don't work, then we look to more pharmaceutical treatments to aid the medical illness. But the goal is always, you know, the hope that the talk therapy can help interrupt the depressive illness. Our guest is Deborah Sarani, a licensed psychologist, and she's the author of Depression and Your Child. In your book, you talk about some myths of depression that parents should know about. And one is that when a depressed child refuses help, there's nothing more you can do. Talk about that. Many parents feel that if they can't get their child to comfort talk therapy or to seek antidepressive medication, then all is lost. And I often tell parents, just because your child is reluctant, and we generally see these kinds of kids, 
you know, in middle school and high school, you know, where they kind of dig in and they're like, I'm not going to therapy. That doesn't mean that the parents can't go themselves. And I've worked with many parents over the years to essentially teach them how to use the therapeutic techniques so they can teach their child at home. So that's a very big thing to help parents feel hopeful about, you know, that they can go for therapy themselves to learn how. And if there's ever a point in time where a parent is so worried about their child's well-being, maybe they're engaging in some self-harming behaviors, you can always call the police. They are trained to help individuals and families with calls like this to get kids to the hospital setting to keep them safe. You can always ask for your neighbors or friends or family to help you bring your child to the hospital. So it's not something that a parent should ever feel, if my child is not open to therapy, that this is going to be a very hopeless and scary experience. There's many things parents can do. You have a statistic in your book that's really quite tragic, that more than 4,000 children die by suicide each year. Does this always come with symptoms and signs, or does it sometimes happen very unexpectedly? Well, there are many children and teens that experience what we call a masked depression. They really don't put out the signals where they're struggling or they're thinking of hurting themselves. So there are about a third of those who die by suicide are often not seen by those who are close to them as kind of engaging in any warning signs, which of course leaves their loved ones feeling totally and completely sideswiped by the death. But most children do. And the warning signs are generally really easy to see. Back when I was a kid and I was feeling suicidal, none of my teachers knew, my parents didn't know, my friends didn't know. But nowadays, people are educated to say, you know, I heard my child say, you know, maybe you'd be better off without me, or I just want to sleep, I don't want to wake up anymore. That's a triggered statement to say, you know, this child is kind of in crisis. If kids give away their loved items, toys, presents, things that they cherish to other people, that's another sign as if to say, I'm not going to be here and, you know, will you take care of this for me? There's certain kinds of hopelessness and helplessness that can be seen in kids not doing well in school, they don't clean their room, or as the opposite, they start doing all of their schoolwork, getting it done weeks in advance and making sure everything is in order Mm. because they're not going to be here. I list dozens of different warning signs in the book. There are tremendous websites that you can find any kinds of information about what to look for in suicide for children. Well, Deborah, as we wrap this up, do you have any last words of advice for our listeners on this topic of childhood depression? Just because your child may be diagnosed with a mental illness doesn't mean that they can't find a rich and meaningful life. Any chronic illness, when you learn how to manage it, can be actually a silver lining because it can allow you to deal with life and deal with its adversities because you know not to sweat the small stuff. So that's the message I would want parents to take away, that this is not something that 
is a tragic illness. It's something that may actually end up being something that can provide the family with a great source of grounding and meaningfulness. The book is Depression and Your Child. The author, Deborah Sarani, a licensed psychologist. And you can learn more at her website, which is drdebrasarani.com. Deborah, thank you so much for joining us today on InfoTrack. Thank you. Next, think you've been spied on? Has your privacy been compromised? You're probably right. The startling story, coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead. 